Hey, all right, so let me ask you, after last week, after week one, we were both pretty down. You said that the season might be cooked. I'm guessing you've, you're feeling a lot better today than you were when we recorded last week. After that game, I was the thing that was cooked, not the season. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play show where we've got a recurring guest. Zell's going to be on, talk a little bit about the Jets. Leo, uh, your pal Gordo here. We're going to walk through the rest of the NFL. We're going to go from everywhere, from what to look for this upcoming week, to what we saw last week, to rookie quarterbacks, and then a little something else. The NFL doesn't do enough to protect its quarterbacks. Let's fire it in. Wonder if Christ made a million off of selling the cross. Let bygones be bygones. My mind strong as pythons. The day that I die on and turn me to an icon. Search the world with Zion or a shoulder I can cry on. The best of all time, Dylon, 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 All right, boys. From the bottom of the pile to the top of the mountain for at least two of us. Yeah. How y'all feeling? Man, I mean. I'm happy for y'all boys, you know. That was two, <laughs> that was, that was two uh two solid wins on Sunday, two entertaining games. I, I'm kind of just I'm just kind of even keel, just chilling right now. Still a little too early to have some, you know, too high or too low. So I'm I'm just here, I should say. I hear you. Emotional sport. Okay, Leah. Well, you guys, the Tennessee Titans come back against Seattle. And I think I read this stat right, that Russell Wilson has never lost a game in which he had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter at home. I think he was something like 50-1. and I mean, 50-0. Might have been 56-0. and Pretty impressive. What did you see there? To be honest, at the beginning of that game, really for the first half of that game, I was... Kind of like how we started last episode, I said we were on number one pick watch. I was right back on that after seeing the first yeah. first two quarters. Oh. I was already looking at college prospects like, all right, man, who are we going to draft? Because this shit is looking tough. And then I don't know what happened at halftime. I don't know if they finally realized that the regular season had started. But that Titans team was a whole different team in the second half. King Henry had 31 yards, I believe, at halftime. Ended up with 170. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what Vrabel told them at halftime, but those boys came out to play, and mainly the defense. They gave up 20-some points yes. in the first half, and then in the second half, only seven. Seattle couldn't run the ball, couldn't, put the, couldn't, couldn't really put the game away. Uh, Tennessee ran the ball with fucking vigor, and the, the, the table flipped. Everyone talks about how um, – you know, I'll let Russ cook, let Russ cook. And, and we've talked about it on this pod. I think I've been a big proponent of saying you can say that all you want, but if you don't have balance and you can't run the ball to end a game, and that's where you really need it is going, hey, there's nine minutes left in the game. We have a double-digit lead. We're going to get the ball twice. We really need to eat. If we can eat, you know, three, min- three and a half minutes, three and a half minutes of drive, which it's, what, 45 seconds of play? So you're really only needing to put together like 12 plays and the game's over. And if you can't run the ball, you can't put those games to get this, that, that time together and you fall short. And what happens? Tennessee actually turns to running the ball to hold on to it the whole fucking time and pushes Seattle just completely over the edge. Great fucking win. When you guys were down, I was like, oh no, I've got the Titans to win that division and they're going to be fucking 0-2. 
No, man. Hey, I think we finally saw what everyone saw in the potential of having A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry on the same field at the same time. Because, you know, if you just look at the box score, it doesn't look like the big three. We'll call them the big three really went crazy. But this man Tannehill was dealing. Julio looked like he was back to form. And really, Tannehill probably should have had two or three touchdowns. He had one called back. A.J. Brown Rob. had zero interest yeah. in catching anything on Sunday. He was just he was dropping he everything. But that's fine. I mean, I, I expect him to bounce back. We finally got a glimmer of what they could be. Because when that offense got going, it started looking scary. Yeah, Julio. So what did you think about that that robbed touchdown from Julio. Yeah, that's what I was about to bring up. My man got robbed. That was clearly a touchdown. I don't know what the refs were on. Bro, um, even if it wasn't clear, like, it wasn't conclusive enough to overturn, and they ruled it a touchdown. Right. I don't understand what they were doing there. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody had to owe the bookie or something, but, yeah, that's definitely a touchdown yeah. for sure. When you watch those things and they replay it and they come back and they say, hey, no touchdown, I got to tell you, I'm like, those are that those moments make everyone go, look, fuck replay. Okay, fuck it. You're going to replay it and get it wrong? So you're just going to waste like seven minutes of my time as I watch 12 Bud Light commercials and six Buffalo Wild Wings commercials just to come back and tell me that, yeah, I know we all fucking saw it and we saw it in super slow motion, but we're still fucking wrong. Like, get the fuck out of here. That kind of shit is so fucking stupid. As I if that wasn't God, bad enough. I just enough. can't fucking stand it. Did you guys see the, the not called safety in overtime? Oh, oh I God. almost flipped yes. my TV upside down when they have Russell Wilson wrapped up in his own end zone. And then the ref calls mm-hmm. it. And when he's blowing his whistle, Russell Wilson is in the end zone. I know, <laughs> and then clearly, he goes one yard day. line. <laughs> like, yeah, what? That, that was some criminal yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. That was criminal. Look, they robbed y'all of that. You ended up winning anyway, so it won't be one of those big storylines. But big win for the Tennessee Titans and we're going to take a preview later of Tennessee versus Indy which is going to be perhaps a death blow we'll get into that later next big win um and Zell we're going to save you for last to get into uh the Jets but for now my boy Lamar Jackson starts that game off love fucking Mar he starts that game off throwing a pick six when Sammy Watkins slips I want to put a shotgun in my mouth and suck on the end of it and then um (laughs) He leads this back. The end of the game is a master class of uh, Odafe Owe. I think I said that right. I'm going to work on that. Uh, Odafe Owe. Um, he gets into the backfield, disrupt Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes should have just taken the sack, tries to force a throw. It gets picked off. Series later, really with a minute left in the game for Kansas City to go up and kick the game-winning field, way, field goal. Away comes in again, strips Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Side note real quick, I think I've been talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire being a bust for a while now. And back to the game, Odafe strips him, recovers the fumble, fourth and one. We basically say, you just don't have it. Eat Lamar. Lamar eats. Game over. Ravens win. Matt Black's out. That's how that went. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) let me ask you. After last week, after week one, we were both pretty down. You said that the season might be cooked. I'm guessing you're feeling a lot better today than you were when we recorded last week. After that game, I was the thing that was cooked. (laughs) Not the season. My man was done. I was, dude, I I threw up violently. Violently. (laughs) 
I did. I have a. I have a thing where the Ravens play. If I'm hanging out with my cousin, shout out Josh uh, or Andy, a uh, little bro. We do a thing where we do a shot per Ravens touchdown. Now, when they score thirty some points, it's just a lot of shots. Now, we did a shot for the game started. We did a shot at halftime, and then after the game, um, and you know we're rolling them back to back. So this is all getting out of hand. And then we get to the end of the game. I would say with like nine minutes left in the game, I put in a bet. I put it on Twitter. I put in a bet that the Ravens would win when they were. It was like four and a half to one. And I just fucking laid it down on the table. I was like, we're winning this game. We win. Me and my cousin go, we're doing shots till we throw up. I'm like, you goddamn right we are. And we just fucking went straight overboard. Right into the toilet. Great time. I'd do it again. Hey, the Ravens win. You win some money. I feel like you deserve to drink until you throw up. That right. Right. I was was fucking too turned. We won't linger on it too long because we got a lot to get to. And what I really want to get to here. um, Oh, boy. Let me start with this. The Patriots in no way, shape, or form look impressive to me. And they look like dog shit, um, (laughs) frankly. Um, The Jets, you know, four picks from Zach Wilson. We talked about preseason that when when Becton went down and uh, the defense started losing big names, Mm -hmm. you really kind of looked this year going, hey, you know, I just want to see something out of Zach Wilson. I don't really care what it is as long as I get some good out of it. Uh, Zell, what's your perspective on it now after that loss? So, I mean, I know everybody wants the four picks and, like, his two first throws were picks and things like that, but I'm not – given up on him within two, you know, games into the season, right? Um, He, I honestly think what he was trying to do was just play, like, superhero ball. Like, instead of taking what the defense gave him, he was just trying to make the big play. Like, oh, I'm trying to get, you know, the crowd into it. I'm trying to make this 30-yard pass, trying to make this deep ball. And he was forcing throws. Um, One of the picks, Corey Davis definitely should have had. It went through his hands. He acknowledged that after the game. But the three other ones, that those are just throws you shouldn't make. Like, those were reads where even, like, a high school quarterback know not to throw. Like, throw the ball away or just take the check down, you know? So, watching the game, I, I've been, you know, these two weeks very impressed with our defense because, first of all, we're the youngest team in the league. I think our average years of our team yeah. is, like, 25 years old. And we're starting, like, five or six rookies on defense. And... Shoof we have been pretty impressive defensively. You know, the Patriots scored one touchdown, and it had to come on the Damian Harris one where he broke, like, eight tackles. Other than that, it was all field goals, you know? So there was a legit chance to win that game, and Zach Wilson just didn't do a good job of that, you know? Um, He just needed to calm down. I think it was the first time fans were there and met live for two years. Stadium was rocking. I think he was just too amped, and he's a real competitive kid, but he's got to kind of just reel it in and say, hey, you see what Mac is doing on the other side. The dude's average depth of throw, I think that game was like four yards. But he was making smart decisions, throwing to the flats, throwing those comebacks, making the smart moves and not and giving what the defense gave to him. And I think Belichick, everybody was expecting them to blitz, bring pressure, but he actually didn't blitz. They just rushed four, three sometimes, and just dropped in coverage and said, Zach Wilson, you beat us making these reads, which he didn't. He was late. Right. And he was throwing those interceptions. So he made some throws that game where you can still see, oh, my God, like – you know, there's only certain people in the league who can make throws like that. But this isn't BYU. This ain't college. 
You know what I'm saying? Like the defenses here are way faster. They're smarter. You got to just reel it in, take what the defenses gave to you. Robert Sala said after the game, like, it's okay to play a boring game. Taking your check yep. downs, taking those 10-yard, you know, passes, five-yard passes and things like that, and then gradually score that way. Not everything's going to be a big play. So we don't have a easy task this upcoming week with the Broncos, and it's on the road. We just saw what they did to Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I think he just needs to understand that and kind of go from there. So um, I'm kind of just even keel with it. I'm not, you know, too upset, not too down. I'm just kind of waiting to see how it goes. But he can't be, you know, making inexplicable picks like that, you know, when we're in like week eight or nine, you know. Yeah, I think it's way yeah, too I, early I think, to be worrying. Yeah, yeah way it. too early. No, it is. And that's kind of what I was saying is like, hey, this is going to be a bit of a lost season for y'all. Mm-hmm. You lose too many players. You don't have a lot of talent to begin with, honestly. And and then you lose some as you go. So it's one of those where, first, I'm, I'm going to be out here on a limb. I don't like any fucking thing I'm seeing out of Mac Jones. Okay? I'm seeing a player with a lead, with a big lead. <laughs> only be able to throw the ball four yards downfield at max. And sometimes that's contested. You mean to tell me at no point in time, you're like, hey, Mac, let's see you throw a ball five yards out, 10 yards out. We've got a 20-point lead against a team that we've basically held down. You don't even want to work on that with him? You don't even want to work on throwing the ball downfield? Yeah. You're going to need it. Mm-hmm. it like, what are we talking about with this New England team? Y'all just lost to Miami who got whipped by Buffalo. I'm not crowning anyone. In fact, I think Mac Jones has looked worse than every other rookie quarterback because his team has a defense, Mm -hmm. has a running game, has an offensive line, invested in tight ends, invested in wide receivers, and yet the guy has the lowest depth of target in the NFL. So actually, I'm on the other side. Mac Jones, show me something. Show me something. You're one of one. I mean, does he have a great cast of receivers, though? He's got receivers. I don't give a fuck. Take a shot. But, but I, you know, I got Zach Wilson taking shot after shot after shot. Yes, yeah, some of it's out of desperation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want to see him making those strides. I'll, I'll give it's respect not, to, yeah. to Mac for because his decision-making is very quick, efficient, and smart. I will give him that. Like, Belichick and McDaniels have a surrounding cast of him, but I also think they draw a place to where it's like, we just need you to do this, make the right read, and then you have, like you said, your O-line, your defense that can carry you for the rest of the game. Um, he doesn't have the best group of receivers, um, but I think just the structure that he's in out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he came into the best situation. So they're basically, I think they're just babying him and just saying, hey, all you need to do is this and the rest will, you know, play itself out. So, But he hasn't really looked impressive to me, like how, you know, main media has been hyping him. You know what I'm saying? Like he... If, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields were in the Patriots system and situation. I think they would have looked, you know, the same, if not way better. So I don't get the hype either. You lost to Miami week one. L to Miami. I mean, you're one and one in your division. This was, you know, we talked about it for the pod. You know, this was a must win game for the Patriots. We're in week two. You can't go 0 and 2 against your division. They were set to do it. And they got four picks, four fucking picks. Mm hmm. And they, they, they didn't even put up 30? You get four picks. So, so you get all these picks. You're turning Zach Wilson over all the time. And you're, you're still your offensive philosophy to Mac Jones. Now, mind you, this is Bill Belichick, right? This is the same Bill Belichick that's going on the record that says, my job on offense is to put points up. Your job is to stop me. 
What happened to that Bill Belichick? He didn't want to put points up. Just wanted to win the game now. They should have beat us by like 40. Easily. 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 I think there's more trouble here. I think Mac Jones can't read a defense. I think Mac Jones is struggling with the speed of the game. And I think they're trying to slow the entire thing down for him. They're keeping him to the flats. And when they play a defense that can that can stifle him, like they did in week one, with an offense that has some kind of life, they're not going to win many games. I'm really worried about what I'm seeing there. Maybe it'll open up. Maybe it'll get better. But the time to practice and get your offense good reps, to me, would be against teams that you think you've got a big advantage over. That's a good and you point. had that. You had that. And you've squandered that now. You've squandered that. You're not going to get that opportunity too many more times this year. You've already lost to Miami, and Buffalo looks like the class of your division. So, you know, you win by 19 in a game where you get four picks. Mac Jones goes 22 for 30 for 200 or for 186 yards in a game that – you dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's they 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 don't even have a hundred yards rushing, so I don't know. Not only am I not sucking that Patriot dick, I'm laughing my ass off at everyone else who's getting on both knees. <laughs> they got the Bucks, I think, week four. Brady's coming back. Yeah, they England, got the so Bucks and, and the test. They're gonna paddle them. Tampa, Tom Brady's gonna be like, I know what you do. I know everything you do. Um, let me just show you exactly how far away you are mm. from being like that team. Here's they've got New Orleans this week, Tampa Bay, Houston's going to be, you know, Houston's crap. They get they play Dallas, then the Jets, Chargers, Carolina, Cleveland. Uh, where, where's the opportunity there to work on your downfield passing game or unveil this this offense that's going to spread teams out and maybe get a win? I think that they're scared shitless that their offense ain't any good, and they're trying to keep it as they're just trying not to turn the ball over because if the Patriots turn the ball over once, they probably aren't winning any games. Uh, isn't this kind of what we saw from Bill with Tom, though? And I'm not trying to compare Mac and Tom because they're not even like, no, I'm not doing that. Right. But, I mean, the recipe for the early Patriots dynasty success was Tom, just make sure you don't fuck this up because this defense is good as hell. You know, make make the plays that you need to make, get the first downs, let's get some points. But it, the beginning of that dynasty wasn't a 30-point-per-game a offense. You know, it was let's score 20 and just no. hope for the best. It's, it looks yeah. like this is the same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, it, it's it, it's close. You're, you're right. It's not, you know, it's not it, – it's his yards per attempt. I'm just pulling it up real quick. Tom Brady, 2001, uh, as a starter, went 11-3. and three. Uh, 63.9% completion, sub, he had 2,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, 12 picks. So um, there's some truth in that. The other thing that I'm going to say is 20 years ago, (laughs) 20 years ago when Tom Brady started, uh, the Ravens were coming off their first Super Bowl where defenses dominated the league. We're not in that year anymore. We're just not. We've passed it by. Um, the next year that Tom Brady's a full-time starter, his yards jump all the way up to 37, 37, uh, thir- sorry, 3,700. He then leads the league in touchdowns with 28. So, um, you know, that's what it was, 28. You fast forward to 2007, just to give like an idea of the jump. You fast forward to 2007 from 2002, Tom Brady leads the NFL with 50. So when you talk about where the NFL's gone, just using Tom Brady's career as some kind of projection, 
it's disgusting. <laughs> so I, we're not there anymore. We're, we're 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 in today's world, and I just think that yeah, you're right. Control the ball, play good defense. I think that's wonderful. I just also think it's antiquated. Right. I, to be um, clear, I'm definitely not saying that that's the right way to approach it. I just think it might be more scheme and coaching than it is Mac. Yeah, yeah, it could, I, I could see that. Like I was saying, I think yeah. that's kind of how they're just babying him along right now because they don't need him to, you know, make those big type of plays. But, like, as you brought up, Matt, they also haven't been down big in a game yet so far this season to where, okay, Mac, now we're going to have to see if you can make these, you know, down-the-field throws, read the defense more because we're down 14-17 and we need to come back in the game and we can't just, you know, run with uh, Damian Harris and do that. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. And and just to circle this all back before we move on to the other rookie quarterbacks, uh, we say that they haven't been in that position. They're one and one. They have a loss. They have been in that position. They lost that game. <laughs> so um, two, three other rookie quarterbacks right now. Really? Uh, Trey Lance. Here's, here's my point, and you guys, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. Trey Lance can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo out to play. <laughs> I, I think this is a bit of an issue. Trey Lance didn't look ready a lot the, for him. the start. Yeah. A lot of picks for him. A lot. A lot. Uh, any of you worried that the San Francisco 49ers, you know, are, are we close to that point where we're going, uh, did we just invest three round picks in a guy who's going to take two years to be ready to play a snap? I wouldn't say I'm worried yet. They had to know, especially with like how the COVID hit and he really didn't get to play. I think he only played less than 10 total college games so it's like yep I think they invested that much in him based off of obviously his skill set and being under you know the Shanahan guru and system and things like that it could benefit to him so I I'm not worried about him yet but I knew going into this season like he was probably going to be the last of the rookie quarterbacks to like actually like start and see reps um now by the end of this season Obviously, depending on if they're like competing for a playoff spot or not, or going into next year, if he's still not ready, then yeah, then that'll be a problem. Because like you said, they mortgage their whole future of picks and things like that to invest in him. So as of right now, not yet. I'm not too worried about it yet. Yeah, I wouldn't say yeah. that I'm too concerned either. Uh, only because I mean, before the season started, we had this conversation, and we pretty uh, I think that what we concluded was that if Jimmy G's on the roster, Jimmy G's probably playing. So uh, yep. he's still on the roster, so I still expect him to be out there because as as sky high as the ceiling of Trey Lance is, Jimmy's a better quarterback right now. That's just the straight-up truth. And so uh, I'm not really worried about it, but like Zell said, if we get to next season and we're talking about next training camp, oh, is he going to be the starter? Is he right? Like if we're getting those questions next training camp, then I would be ringing the alarm. But for this year, I'm not too worried. If Jimmy G goes down, we're going to find out a lot immediately. And if he doesn't, then I'm sure the 49ers would prefer to just roll with Jimmy G. Yeah, no disrespect, but he can't be on no Jordan Love shit. Like, I know he was a second-round pick, but, I mean, even if, like, let's say they traded Aaron Rodgers this past offseason, he wouldn't have been ready to go. So that can't be the same for Trey Lance. He got to be, be ready way sooner than he is. So Ten college football games. All right, <laughs> someone who played a trillion college football games, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he is stuck on a – I don't know if you guys heard this sound bite today, but uh, Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, uh, played Jacksonville Jaguars last week. And Urban Meyer met with Fangio, just kind of shaking hands, you know, before and after the game. And Fangio said that Urban Meyer turned turned to him and said, "Man, 
playing in the NFL is like playing against Alabama every week. <laughs> no fucking shit, oh Urban. God, what Urban in the fuck? Guy. This. Oh, we'll start with Leo. Is Ur- let's start here. Is Urban over his head? Yes or no? Bro, what did I tell you in the off season? <laughs> as soon as they hired him, yeah, I said, "Ha, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, they're stuck again." <laughs> Yeah, you're, yeah, you're already you seeing it, bro. Way. You're already seeing oh, the sorry. reports of the players not being happy. You're already seeing the reports of, you know, rumors of uh, this urban. I know he's saying he doesn't have his eyes anywhere else, but where there's smoke, there's fire. So if there's that many people talking about, ooh, is urban interested in this? Urban might be a little bit interested in those college openings, you know? And so I don't know what they're going to do over there, and I don't know what they're doing in Jacksonville. But when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, he looks kind of good. Uh, he's He looks like a mixed bag. That's what I'll say. Like, I see him make some great plays with his legs and with his arm. And then I've seen him make more than a few throws that I'm like, uh, Trevor Lawrence, what the fuck did you see there? Like, what what was that? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, it's a mixed I, bag. It's a fast game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I if anybody saw how Urban's tenure ended at Ohio State and thought that he taking a couple years off and then jumping straight into the NFL – not alone just that, but going to a, a, you know, a franchise with the history of the Jaguars, that it wasn't going to look like this. Like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, <laughs> I mean, what did you expect? Um, I The same thing with Leo said as far as about Trevor Lawrence, still too early. But, yeah, he's definitely made some plays to where it's like, okay, you know, we see the generational talent and stuff like that. But it's also like, bruh, what do you got going on? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I just didn't like what the Jaguars did like coaching wise and front office wise, like what they surrounded Trevor around. Like, yeah, that's, that was my biggest issue with them. Like, I don't see how people were saying like the Jets were such a bad environment for, you know, Trevor Lawrence, but the Jaguars aren't like it just, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's silly shit was getting me. I'm like, I mean, okay. To each his own, but yeah, I, I still too early, but I, I don't know. I just didn't like the urban, you know, hire from jump. So, uh, yeah, so it's not looking good so far, but We'll I don't really understand what they're doing with their offense because James Robinson isn't really getting touches. They're not running the ball. The last stat that I saw said that I think the Jaguars led the NFL in passing uh, passing attempts uh, with 75% of their offensive plays being passes. Why aren't you handing the ball to James Robinson? Why are the only passes I see LaVishka Chenault catch at the line of scrimmage? Like Shame. I don't understand they don't what, what they're, they're doing. doing. It's it. They don't know. When you look at it and you go, hey, do you, I, I can't figure out what y'all doing here. Sneaky little answer. They don't know either. And that's what you're seeing. Does Urban Meyer look over his head? Yep. You think he's over his head on offense? Yep. You think he's over his head on defense? Yep. You think that guy who's over his head is going to be good at hiring people to run those things? Nope. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to find himself in a position a lot like another Clemson quarterback who got stuck in Houston. Now, he made the best out of it, uh, and he had some more talent when he joined that team. Uh, but, you know, it felt like a lot of times Deshaun Watson uh, was on a limb playing absolutely out of his mind to make everything work, where everyone around him was constantly working against him. We'll see what uh, Jacksonville – honestly, I think Jacksonville's got to go out and get an NFL head coach to lead an NFL team, not a college coach to lead a college quarterback i will say this uh, before we move here. on real quick i do think yeah. that of the rookie quarterbacks uh, i think we've seen them all at least we've gotten a little taste uh so far i think trevor lawrence looks like the best one right now because yes, yes he's making yeah, the what yeah. the fuck plays but he's also making some plays that are like 
shit. Like that's that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he can make can good throws. Mm-hmm. We are going to get a taste of our last quarterback, Justin Fields. Is going to start this week. Andy Dalton has hurt something, um, so he is out. And Matt Nagy has made it clear that he's a um, Matt Nagy is a good boy, and he will follow whatever the GM wants. He's made that very clear. So he's going to start Justin Fields, but he has made made it abundantly, abundantly obvious to everyone. He has said that Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback as long as he's healthy. Um, if Justin Fields plays well this weekend, Andy Dalton ain't going to be the quarterback because he ain't never going to get healthy. <laughs> They're going to keep him down, down, down. <laughs> His knee's um, going to hurt way longer than we thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Andy, but your back looks like it's killing you. Um, any any uh, any chance we see some magic out of Fields, or, or what are we looking for here as he takes the field, really, for the first time? I like Justin Fields a lot, man. I'm hoping that he has all the success that comes to him in the league, and I, I was originally like a big fan of his before you know we kind of just went in on uh, Zach Wilson. So I mean, there's no hate my way. I think that he should have started from you know week one. I know there was oh they're playing the Rams prime time whatever like. How is he going to learn if he's not getting the reps against one of the better defenses in the league? But, I mean, yeah. I, they got him in. I know he had a touchdown, but I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Um, and I think they have – who is it that they play this week? Um, they play Cleveland. Cleveland. In Cleveland. In Cleveland, too. So, I think, like, that team probably knows with him at quarterback, they have a better chance of winning, better chance of explosive plays. And they know he's the future of that franchise. They traded up a future first to get him. So, I'm excited to see him play um, – I think he's going to bring life to that offense. And the Bears, honestly, Bears fans deserve it, man. They've been waiting for a quarterback for God knows how long. So My whole life, yeah, to I'm be honest. I can't remember right. them having <laughs> yeah. a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see what they pull out. Okay. Um, let's do some rapid-fire questions here. Y'all ready? Ready. Uh, I'm going to give you a list of 2-0 and o teams. We'll start with Leo, then we'll go to Zell. I'm going to give you a list of 2-0 and o teams. There are only five 2-0 and o teams in the NFL. You tell me which two are least likely to make the playoffs. Remember, seven playoff teams. Ooh. Here are the two. Now, you can tell me that you think all five will make it, which would be interesting. But here we go. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos, San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals, the only two in no team. Interesting tidbit. They're both in all five of those teams are AFC and NFC West teams, starting with Leo Two, team, two out of those that don't make the playoffs, who are they? The two AFC West teams. I think the Raiders and the Broncos Ooh. are the teams that I would take out if I had to because there's two better teams in that division. I think the Chargers are better than them. I also think the Chiefs are better than both of them. So if I got to pick two to kick out of the playoffs, those are the two. Zell? Yeah, yeah. I would say the same two because I, I don't see how Kansas, Kansas City is definitely not missing the playoffs. And the Chargers, honestly, they were a play away from being 2-0 right now. Um, yep. The the Raiders, they've looked way better than I thought they would. Um, defensively, they're front. Max Crosby and those guys up front. And Yannick, I think he got hurt, but I think he played the first game. But anyway, they've been playing strong. Um, and the Broncos, I'm not surprised about them. I think everybody knew that they were really a QB away um, from being, you know, pretty solid. But We didn't think it was going to be Teddy. But yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> right. We didn't think it was going to be Teddy, and Teddy obviously he's proven in this league he can win games and you know um, lead a team. But I, I, if I had to pick two out of that group, it'd be those two. 
Uh, I'm going to go my two are going to be the San Francisco 49ers. And honestly, I would love to put Arizona in here. Uh, they were they were real close to blowing that against Minnesota. Um, I, I do think that the Raiders make it. I, I think that it's tough to find anyone with a better resume right now, two stronger wins than the Raiders. Uh, so I'm actually going to put Denver and San Francisco as my two that don't make it. I love what Denver's capable of doing, mm-hmm. um, but but I, I just don't know how that turns out. To be out. honest, okay, I would love to throw San Fran in there too. Uh, they were my yeah. pick to finish last yeah. in the division, but you asked for two, so I gave you two. But to be honest, I don't think San Fran's yeah. making it either. Leo wants three. I want three. Leo says two is not enough for me. Fill my fucking plate. <laughs> um, all right. There are – now, uh, earlier this year we talked about how – you know, I thought that'd be a bitter, a bigger discrepancy between the teams in the middle, the teams in the top, and the teams at the bottom. That we would get a bunch of teams accumulating to the bottom. Right now, there are five teams in the NFL that are two and zero. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that are zero and two. Those teams are the Jets, Indy, Jags, Giants, Minnesota, Detroit, and Atlanta. Out of those zero and two teams, pick two of them, Leo, to make the playoffs. Oh, that's gross. First, I'm going to pick Minnesota because they seem to be able to throw for 400 yards every single game dating back to last year. I don't know how Kirk Cousins ends up with all these 300-yard games, but he does it every week. So Minnesota, I'm going to give them one spot. I don't really want to give a spot to any of the teams left, but if I have to, I'm going to give it to Indy uh, because I think that their team, now that I've seen them for two weeks, the team is solid. Yeah, they're not great, but they're not trash. So there's a world where they could sneak into the the wild card. I don't think they're going to. But if I had to pick another yeah. team, it would probably be Indianapolis because their roster is solid. They're just they're just missing some stuff, like a quarterback that's good. <laughs> the most important <laughs> position. So <laughs> um, how are you feeling? If I had to go with two, I'm gonna go first with the Giants, and that's. Okay. And that's only really because of their division. You know, the NFC East every year is literally a shit show. And them too, they honestly were a play away from winning, you know, last Thursday night's game and from being one and one. So um, I'm not really a believer in Danny Dimes like that. He does. He's shown a little bit of flashes this year. um, But I mean, this season so far. But I mean, man, the turnovers like he he can't he can't get over those turnovers. So I think that just between them being in the NFC East and them, they are have a pretty decent defense and they have some, you know, skilled players on offense. Saquon's going to, you know, hopefully get back to where he was before. But I'd say the Giants and then, damn, you know, they're all two teams are rough. Good Lord. Um, I'll go with Minnesota too. Um, okay. Just because of kind of the same thing. Like, why do I feel like over the past, like, five years, they always lose a game because of a kicker missing either an extra point or some type of field goal or something like that like <laughs> yeah that's what they do that's what they fucking them, do man. but yeah so. like leo said kirk always finds a way to just you know keep him in games and you know you look up and he might have a pick or two and the next thing you know he's got 350 yards and three touchdowns so um hopefully i know dalvin got nicked up hopefully he's okay but I, if i had to pick you know two of those two teams i'd go with uh the giants in minnesota i got a question for if you guys. you had to set yeah. Sorry, Zell got me thinking. How come, yeah. how come with Danny Dimes we don't get the narrative of being an inconsistent thrower but a runner? 
Because when I watch Giants games, like, I see him miss throws all over the field, and I see him take off mm-hmm. running. And he's fast as shit. But yeah, how come he, got I, them, he doesn't get that he's narrative? White. I don't want to do the white-black white. thing. I know that's the easy thing to say. That's why. Is that why? Is that just why? Yeah. I, I'm thinking so. Because we don't. Yeah, because we don't. Here's, okay, here's, here's what's funny. We don't look at white people as athletic. Uh, so on our minds look at it that way. And then we, not we, but there's a huge portion of the media that looks at black quarterbacks as only athletic. So you have this divide between uh, the people that go, <laughs> the white people aren't athletic um, and the only the black people are athletic. And you end up with this narrative that Danny Dimes is somewhere in the middle, not athletic and not a good passer. So you get this weird narrative. That's the only thing I can come up with. I'm I'm open. But when I look at it, I see all the shit that happens around Lamar, you know, nonstop with this fucking guy. And all he's done is one of unanimous MVP. See, and um, that's exactly what's and got Daniel me thinking. Jones gets less shit. Daniel right. Jones got le- gets less shit for being a terrible passer mm-hmm. than Lamar with unanimous MVP. And the only thing I can point to is race because because there ain't nothing else. All the facts say that, you know, this is what it is. He led the league in passing touchdowns. I mean, fact. But you're going to say he's not a passer. Okay. Yeah, well, that's wild I think you're racist. <laughs> I would love to see Sorry. Lamar with Darius Slayton, with Kenny Galladay, with Sterling Shepard. Uh, I would love to see Lamar have those kind of weapons to throw to. Danny has them, and he misses them all the time. So I, I'd just like to see yeah. some consistency in the narrative. Yeah. You never will. Keep the same because, energy. Uh, dividing people sells incredibly well. Um, it's just, it's what it is. It's, it sells incredibly well. Uh, I had actually a conversation on some with Twitter today and I said, you don't understand that, you know, you want to yell at the media outlet, but every time a media outlet puts something up that like, Oh, Lamar had a bad passing game. Okay. And it's just an example. Everybody reads it. The people that agree with it, read it. The people that don't like it, read it. It doesn't matter at the end of the day what they're really saying. They're just more or less baiting you into an archaic argument that's, already been factually disproven they just know that those two headlines will sell enough and it's simple shit um today uh there was a headline today that there is an executive out there right some faceless executive that uh lamar jackson they still wouldn't give even after that kansas city win they still wouldn't give that contract to i mean do you know how many executives there are in the nfl thousands you're going to tell me that, let's say that, let's go real conservative with it, that 10% of them are horribly racist. It's probably more. But let's just say 10% of them are horribly racist. So 100 of them feel that they wouldn't extend Lamar. And there's nothing to do with his play. You as a media outlet, when you give any credence to that anonymous face, you know exactly what you're doing. You're firing up everyone that's trying to defend Lamar, and then you're going to stoke the fire for everyone who's a racist piece of shit. So you know what you're doing is the outlets. The outlets are the one to blame, and the people who publish those articles should be shot in the head. There Damn. It is. Real, real, <laughs> Damn. Sheesh. But real quick, since we since we on this topic, but not to dwell too much on it, I just want to give a shout out to Lamar because I feel like he's had so much criticism, and even even me myself, like just from him coming into the league. And mine was mainly of like just this year going into it. I just wanted to see him improve as far as like his overall game. And I was a big fan of his at Louisville. I was a big fan of his when he came into the league. I never agreed with, who was it, Polian saying he should play wide receiver. That was dumb as hell. That was arguably uh, one of the worst takes ever, but we won't dwell on that. 
I just want to give a shout out because I feel like with all the stuff the Ravens had going into the season with the injuries to Dobbins, the injuries to Justice Hill, the injuries to Gus Edwards, the new revamp online, they traded Orlando Brown, all this stuff. I felt like that game on a big spot, like Lamar literally put the team on his back, regardless of what it was, when they were down multiple scores. And he was like, I don't care. We're going to win this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, just watching yeah. that game, I just kind of got that vibe and energy from him, like, he was just over people talking about oh, he can't beat the Chiefs, can't beat Patrick Mahomes, comparing this and that, talking about him, you know, um, trying to work his own, be his own agent for his contract extension and things like that. And I think if anything showed that game, like he's a hell of a competitor in that game. He put he literally put the team on his back. Bro, his his, his number win, one so receiver is that. my height. I'm not tall. Right. <laughs> I am not tall. <laughs> and he weighs about one fifty, soaking wet. Crazy. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying, man. With Lamar. You know, man. I said that Lamar and, 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 I, and Josh Allen were in the same tier before the season started, and I caught some shit for it, and I still feel that way. All right, let's slide it over now. I got a little fun fact for you. I'm going to run through five teams. You tell me who's given up the least amount of points out of these five teams. These are the bottom five, by the way. The Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots, the Denver Broncos, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Carolina Panthers. Who's given up the least amount of points? Carolina. Philly. It's Carolina. Damn. Carolina's given up 21 points. Philly, New England, and Buffalo are tied at 23, and Denver has 26. Okay, let's uh, do a little four and out here. I'm going to throw the question out. Leo, answer it first. Zell, answer it second. We're just throwing the question out, giving the answer, and then running it along. Um, let's start with... Uh, who do you think is going to be the first coach fired or leaves their job out of these three? Joe Judge, Urban Meyer, or Zimmer in Minnesota? <laughs> I got to go with Urban Meyer. I have to. Okay. Yeah, Urban Meyer. So, yeah. Okay, okay. That's that's great. Um, which team should be more panicked about their season, Indianapolis or Miami? Indianapolis should be more concerned about this season. Miami should be more concerned about future seasons. Nice. Yeah, I would I would follow that sentiment too. Um, the only like hope I see as far as for Miami because I mean they, they do have some good draft assets, but yeah, I would say Indy more this season, Miami more for the future because that man Tua, God forbid his health can't stay healthy, man. Leo, put these put these quarterbacks in order of passing yards. Teddy Bridgewater. Dak Prescott, Derek Carr. I know Dak is last after that bullshit he did last week. So I'm going to go with Derek Carr. I'm sorry. I'm salty. I had him on my fantasy team and he fucked me. Uh, I'm going to go with Derek Carr, number one, Teddy Bridgewater, number two, and Dak last because I know what his fantasy scores look like. Zell? Yeah, Derek Carr is definitely first because I think I heard something like earlier today that He's leading the league in passing yards right now. and By like 200 yards. Yeah, it's, yep. it's crazy. And then, yeah, Teddy B second, because I know Sutton had a big game versus Jaguars. And, yeah, Dak, really because of that second game, because he went off. I think he threw for like 450 versus the Bucks, But this past game versus the Chargers, he ain't been so hot. So, yeah, I'm going to follow suit. You got to flip it. Car, Dak, Teddy. Oh! Dax, too? Uh, yep. Still? Yeah. That week Dax one still was crazy. Too. Sheesh. Rank these players in terms of receiving yards. These are not one, two, three in the NFL. They could be in that range, but I grabbed a couple names out here. Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup. Ooh, Cooper Cup is first. Uh, 
Brandon Cooks is second. D Hop is last. That sounds crazy to say, but that's what I'm going with. Zell, what do you got? Yeah, man. Yeah, I know Cooper Cup is first, and uh, you know what? Cooks might be. Cooks might be first, man. I'm gonna just do it for the sake of the pie. I'm gonna go Cooks, Cup, and then D Hop. But if this was touchdowns, D Hop, I think would be first. So here's it. Uh, Cooper Cup is number three in the NFL. Brandon Cooks is number five in the NFL. Mm. And DeAndre Hopkins isn't in the top Ooh, 20. Ooh, I got that one. Hell yeah. Yeah, you got that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know who leads the NFL in receiving Ooh, yards? Um, Bonus question. I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. Oh, well, that's a good guess. Zell? Hmm. Um, trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. It's an interesting game. Yeah, that's an interesting game. Yeah, I don't think it, you're going to get it. But. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to get it. I'm going to guess Tyreek, but I don't think, I'm not confident in that answer. Tyreek Hill. Debo Samuel. Debo, fuck. Has the most received your Debo Samuel. Under the table, Debo. Just interesting. When I looked it up today, I was like, oh, my God, Debo's leading. And then, you know, I literally was like, okay, I had some names in my head that I wanted to put together. Uh, Cooper Cup was in there because he's having kind of a big year. And then I was like, oh, Brandon Cooks might sneak people. And then DeAndre Hopkins was the big flashy name. DeAndre Hopkins has, like, nothing. Um, teams are taking him away. That's why you're seeing Rondell Jones pop up. Uh, but interesting. Nice job. A little four and out segment there. Um, all right. So let's, before we break down the upcoming games, I want to take a quick detour and a little zag against the narrative. So far this year, out of the 32 starting teams, seven quarterbacks are either out this week or questionable and could be out. Those quarterbacks are Andy Dalton, Tua, Wentz, Tyrod, Baker Mayfield, who dislocated his shoulder, came back into the game, and Ben, and then you have Fitzmagic, who's already out. There are seven quarterbacks that have already been hurt and are either never going to return to being healthy this year or out, out. We talk a lot about how the, the, the NFL is so careful with its quarterbacks, but after hearing that and knowing that there's only 25 teams out there that are starting their quarterback they set out to play the whole year with. Zell, does that, does that you know, are we doing enough? <laughs> as crazy as this sounds, but if you we're through two weeks, if this trend continues, if this math continues, we know it won't. But if it continued, not a single team would have their starting quarterback by the end of the year. Wow, that's a, when you put it that way. That's just a crazy stat to hear, man. Um, and I mean, even just seeing it from my team alone, Zach Wilson's got killed on a couple of plays where I'm like, damn, how did he get up from that? Like, but I don't think it's more of the NFL not doing enough. I just really think like some of this is just it's just bad luck, man. Like the the play Fitz went out on um and two and things like that. I just those aren't really bigger guys. And I don't know if they take those type of hits, I don't know much of else they could have done to kind of avoid that. You know? It's the ironic thing is though they're doing so much to try to prevent this and you know some of these flags that are outrageous with roughing the passer and things like that to protect them and try to get defensive players to not even like basically damn near tackle a guy um but you're having a higher rate of dudes being hurt but i i just think it's more of just been kind of unlucky with how it's been so far to the to the injuries with these qbs i watched ryan Tannehill 
get abused by the Cardinals in week one. Like Chandler Jones was committing assault, felony assault on Ryan Tannehill for the entirety of that game. And so I want to ride with you because I've seen that man get destroyed <laughs> over the first two weeks of the season. But I don't know what mm-hmm. else you can do. Like, yeah, they already throw. I already don't like some of the roughing the passer penalties. So I don't know how they. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think teams need to do a better job protecting their quarterback first. But when you start to look at the numbers, it, it you know, just to give perspective to people out there, why are we doing all this for our quarterbacks? Why are we doing all this for our quarterbacks? This is why. I mean, you were going to go into these games where teams spent all offseason putting together a plan, and they're like, okay, now it's a question of how good your backup is. And and let's admit, some of these quarterbacks that are getting hurt are already considered backups. So we already don't have enough to go around, and now we're starting to scrape even more. And there ain't nothing fucking uglier than watching two backup quarterbacks play in a primetime game. And we damn near got it this Thursday with Tyrod Taylor being out. David Mills is going to start. You got Sam fucking Darnold taking primetime stage for the Carolina Panthers. So I agree with you both. I don't really know what you do, but team's got to get better. This has got to get better. This is fucking ugly, man. This is ugly shit. I really hope that we're not seeing a whole bunch of like Dwayne Haskins and the the Raiders. I know Derek Carr was hurt. I think they said he should be good to go, but... <clears throat> excuse me, even Mariota, their backup was hurt, so they were going to have to roll with yeah, uh, Nathan Peterman. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, so I, Lord, no. Please don't put me through any more Peterman, bro. Figure it out. Figure it out, because I, I don't yeah. pay money for Sunday ticket to see Peterman. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at. Um, and, and, and so with that, just some food for thought, we'll go ahead and transition into uh, the upcoming slate. Uh, real quick, let me just... Uh, I'm going to save this save this pod real quick and then and delete this out and then restart cuz I live in Virginia now. I feel like I'm in Florida. I got I got Okay. So let's flip now. Let's take a look at what the big games upcoming. Uh, as always, we talk about the uh primetime games even if they're giant piles of crap. Uh, and it is. Carolina is going to be playing Houston. Carolina's minus 8. Another rookie quarterback David Mills is going to be starting. The over-under this game is 43, which you hate to see in a primetime game. Basically, 24-21 makes you hit the over. If they have it 43, they don't think you're getting that many points. Kind of scary. Carolina, like we talked about earlier, least amount of points given up in in the NFL this year. And here comes Houston. Zell, what do you think is going to happen in this game? I've been impressed with uh, the Panthers so far this year. Um, their defense is legit. And I think it was not this past draft, but the one before 2020, they literally took all defensive players. Like, they didn't draft one offensive guy. So all those dudes are in year two, and Matt Rule's got them playing fast. He's got them playing side to side. Um, I think one of the underrated pickups they had this offseason was um, Hassan Riddick, the linebacker. I think he was from Arizona before the Cardinals. And with David Mills, his first start, primetime, on a short week, yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to go good for them. And Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator, I think he's just been doing a good job of making Sam Darnold have just quick reads, quick options. Like, he's not holding the ball too long. Obviously, he's still made a, you know, a few Sam Darnold-ish type mistakes where, you know, passive ball has been intercepted, holding the ball too long, taking sacks. But for the, you know, these first two weeks, he's been pretty solid. Um, and he hasn't had weapons like McCaffrey to dump the ball down to a DJ Moore, um, you know, he's familiar with Robbie Anderson and um, 
I, I think the Panthers are going to handle it pretty pretty easily and make David Mills look like a fool, to be honest. So, yeah. Leo? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't give a fuck about this game on Thursday. Like, I don't give not one single shit about anything going on in Texans versus Panthers. To be honest, I hope the Panthers lay 40 on them just because that's a divisional opponent. You know, fuck the Texans. But that's going to be one of those games that I got on while I'm eating. I'm folding some dinner. I might curl up on the couch with my girl. It'll be on on my laptop or some shit. I do not care. Uh, I'm I like it when the Thursday football comes around because it kind of gives me something to race towards during the day. I'm like at least I got Thursday night football, but they're really doing a good job of making me not want to get to that game. <laughs> um, let's spend no more time on it and walk through the big games this weekend. Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. This is an interesting game. Both teams one and one. Pittsburgh's banged up. Big Ben has a potentially torn pec or damaged pec. I don't Sheesh. know how that works. Yeah, so again, we're talking about quarterbacks that may be hurt. He's questionable. He'll play. Big Ben, there used to be a thing where Big Ben, you know, played better hurt. I got news. Charles Barkley had probably my favorite quote on injuries I've ever heard. Old people, when they get hurt, they don't get better. They die. Uh, So with that being said, (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger, who's been beat. Yeah, Charles is the man. Um, Pittsburgh is minus three in this game, over under 43 and a half. Again, another ugly, ugly, ugly game. Joe Burrow going back to going back to Pittsburgh where, you know, this could be a burial. Leo, what are your thoughts? I, I really hope that Big Ben plays. Uh, that, that's my main takeaway. I, is it, I know he didn't practice today. Do we have any update on that? Is it looking good for him? I know yeah, he, he and good. Deontay Johnson both missed practice today. Yeah. Yeah, both are, both are not serious. Not super serious. I think they play Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, as long as they're on the field, I, I like Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that as bad as Pittsburgh is, as bad as they look on offense, to be honest, until they drop a bunch of games, I'm not going to believe that they're bad. So uh, I'm just riding with them. And maybe that's foolish because I'm letting the past kind of determine the what I think about the future. But until I see that, that ship sink, I think it's going to keep floating. I'm actually going to so. go reverse. I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. Um, oh, nice. And it's really just mainly because Pittsburgh, like with all the injuries, I know T- is TJ Watt kind of hurt too. And they lost. Yeah, uh, Cole Groin. Yes. Yeah. What's the- Stepped on his dick. <laughs> what's the other dude? Uh, Alu Alu, or Alu, if I'm pronouncing it. Yeah, Alu. he's out, Alu. He's out. Yep. Alu Alu. Alu, right. So, and I I like what the Bengals have on offense. Um, Joe Mixon's look pretty solid so far this season. Um, you know, Joe Burrow's good for it looks like one big play a game to Higgins or Chase or one of those guys, and Boyd's gonna do what he does. So I'm actually gonna go with the Bengals in this one, um, just because of everything Pittsburgh's got going on. And honestly, like Big Ben, even before like he got hurt last game, he didn't look too great. He's looking like you said, you know, kind of old, kind of cooked, man. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals won this one. I just can't see a world where the Bengals go to Pittsburgh and hand it to them. Yeah. I, I, I can't see it. I just don't want to rock with based off of the past and stuff like that. I don't want to make my decision too much off of that. But I, I I think I wouldn't be surprised if they won. You know, if Pittsburgh came out and they, you know, beat them by 14, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, it still stands. But it's I think the Bengals have an actual a shot to win. It's not like Pittsburgh is completely going to dominate this game. Well, I don't see that at least, so. Yeah, I'm I'm Matt, what do you think? This is your doghouse, yeah, AFC your, North. Yeah, what you think? Pittsburgh ain't losing to the Bengals at home. 
Which is not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like, if this was in Cincy, I could, I could come off it a little bit. I think what's going to happen is Pittsburgh's going to try to run the ball all day long. Mm. All day. And they're willing to slow this fucking game down and then play defense against Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow can somehow come out and the Bengals have some kind of offensive game plan, which we have not seen, we have not seen, we have not seen in his fucking era of, of Bengals uh, head coaching leadership, um, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers can put this game away and literally ride like a 16-9 to victory. Uh, that's just completely ugly in every way. Uh, you could see... Um, Najee Harris get a couple touchdowns, maybe. Um, like I, I just really don't think you're going to see that much. A torn peck for a guy who already has a pulled pork arm, and that is a fall-off-the-bone arm. I just don't understand how he's going to throw this ball. So I see a lot of running. I see a lot of slow defense. I see a lot of slow offense. And I think Pittsburgh just trying to win fucking ugly at home. And they're good at winning ugly, and I, I think that's what they're going to try to do. I think they put up more points than we think. Interesting. I, it could. I, I, I'm just interested in how this fucking guy throws the ball without any arm <laughs> muscles. Um, no idea how it's going to happen. I just feel it happening. <laughs> one way or the other. I'll take the right. Najee scores, though. Yeah, Fantasy. I think that's what you're going to get. Okay, Leo. Your, your team, Tennessee Titans, get a chance to almost put a nail in the coffin with Indy if you can knock Indy to 0-3. You're at home this weekend. The spread is Tennessee minus five. What do you like here? Do you got you think you can put this away on them? They're going to be fighting for their life. How do you think it goes? Fuck the Colts first and foremost. Um, uh, but I, I believe, actually, they haven't ruled Carson Wentz out. He's got two ankle injuries and somehow is saying <laughs> that he might give it a go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, two. whether it's Wentz on two bum ankles or Jacob Eason, the Titans better better be in that backfield slapping the shit out the quarterback all day uh, that's exactly what I expect I think they've done a decent job through two weeks of getting to the passer uh, they weren't able to tackle Kyler Murray but they were able to make him run around uh, if they can make Carson Wentz or Jacob Eason run around then this game should be over in the first half I think yeah I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar boat Zell what do you think yeah same for me it's, it's funny because I was just talking to Leo about this a little earlier that if even honestly, even if Carson Wentz starts, I'm not really worried about him. He's you know good for a turnover to a game, especially on two bum ankles. But if Jacob Eason starts this game, I don't care if he had a week, two weeks, a month preparation. If the Titans cannot get in the backfield, make him scramble, make him turn the ball over and sack him a few times, then I mean it's that's not a good look for them at all. I'm not. Then we fucking suck. Yeah. Just say it. We fucking suck if we can't do it. Garbage. Yeah, that, that is true. So I, I'm, I'm not worried. I, I take the times with this. I, I think that whatever Mike Vrabel said to them at halftime, that Seattle game on the road is just lit a fire in their ass to kind of show like, yes, you know, we are the same team who made it to an AFC championship. We've made the playoffs the past couple of years. And we have, as you mentioned, that three-headed monster of, Henry, Tannehill, and A.J. Brown, and they're just going to make a statement, I think, hopefully. so. I think they put Indy away. I really want to see Carson Wentz play with two fucking bad ankles. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a guy who takes more sacks and is really the most immobile mobile quarterback, and what I mean by that is there's no one in the NFL I've ever seen that runs around more to run right into a big hit. No one in the fucking world moves faster to get their shit rocked. No one. That guy fucking can't help himself. He wants it. It's insane to me. Um, Aaron Donald folded him up like he was putting in an overhead bid, dislocated, or didn't 
didn't dislocate, but sprained both of his ankles, both of his ankles, both of his ankles. What the fuck are we talking about here? I want Carson Wentz with two bad ankles, a bad head, and two bad eyes over anyone else. So um, they're talking about starting Eason, and I'm like, that's an upgrade over a guy who can't move at all and can't see. So uh, I, I like Tennessee minus five regardless. Uh, big game, big, big, big game out west. Uh, the two one-in-one teams, who would have had that to start the year? That the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs would start one-in-one, but Denver and Vegas would start 2-0. and That's real fucking nuts to me. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City, the loser of this game, will fall to one and one and two and basically be looking up at the rest of the division. This division's going to be one of those Thundercat divisions where they just fucking go at each other's throats. I don't think Kansas City can lose back to back games, so I'm actually gonna take Kansas City minus the one and a half. Uh but interested to hear your takes, L. One and a half, that's a line for Kansas City? One and a half. Oh yeah, I, I one and a hammer half. that. Yep. Ain't no way. Yep. Ain't no way. Uh, they're going to lose back-to-back games like that. And there's no disrespect to the Chargers or anything like that, but I just think Kansas City, they can kind of flip the switch whenever they want to. And, you know, like it's – they could have easily won that game this past Sunday night. So I just – and the Chargers were more struggling with, you know, to kind of put points on the board. They were getting in – they were moving the ball on Dallas, but it's like when you get there, you got to finish, you know what I'm saying, and get in the end zone. And I just don't think they'll be able to keep up scoring-wise with Kansas City. So I – one and a half? Uh, yeah, I'd hammer that for Kansas City. Leo. Smart money definitely says to roll with Kansas City. And if I was speaking with my wallet, I would be putting money on Kansas City. But my pick, I'm going to go with the Chargers. The Chargers normally play them pretty well. I'm pretty sure they split last season 1-1. Uh, and I think that the Chargers look good early in this season. Uh, I say that the Chargers come out. Justin Herbert surprises them a little bit, throws for a couple touchdowns. And the Chargers go home with the W. Oh, that's, that is diabolical shit. That is diabolical. Um, and the creme de la creme matchup of the week. Tampa Bay is going to go to the Los Angeles Rams. To let everyone know this spread opened at Los Angeles Rams minus three. Hmm. Um, I took Tampa Bay plus three at that moment. Right now, if you want to take it, it's Tampa Bay minus one. So Tampa Bay has basically moved four points, and it's not even Sunday. Really incredible shit. Rams got a big jump for being at home. Neutral field got the three points. I I, I think it's t- I think this game's going to be absolutely diabolical. I think this is must-watch TV, 4 o'clock on your slates. Make sure you set your alarms. But, Leo... You spelling an upset here? You've kind of been an upset guy across the board now. What do you, what do you think happens here? No, I think the Bucks are about to hang 30-some on their head. Yeah. I, I know A.B. is looking like he's going to miss the game. I know COVID. he's in uh, COVID protocol now. Um, so they're saying it's not looking too good for him. But you were calling this the creme de la creme matchup, right? And so I'm looking at the schedule. Did you see the games that the NFL put around this game? They're basically telling you that you are going to watch yeah, Bucks yeah. vs. Rams. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. got Jets Broncos. We yeah. got Dolphins Raiders. We got Seahawks Vikings. So yeah. if you're a fan of any of those teams, you're probably watching those games. But the NFL world will be watching Bucks Rams, and Tom Brady knows that. Uh, I see the the Bucks winning big. 
I'm on board with that. Zell. So. Yeah, um, I, I'm definitely gonna have the Jets Broncos game on. So to, y'all already know how I rock it. <laughs> uh, I will also have this game on for the other four o'clock slates because that's it's a must see matchup, and I'm gonna rock with the Bucks with this one. And I had to for basically what twenty? Nah, I wouldn't say full twenty. I would just say fifteen years. Had to watch Tom Brady majority of the time beat my team's ass. <laughs> um, and I think now that I do know a lot of Bucks fans, obviously live in Tampa and stuff like that. I give them shit, but now I think I can respect Brady's greatness more. Yeah, you know, so I, I, he's just on another level. Like the dude, I feel like he's getting better with age. So I'm gonna rock with the Bucks with this one. The Rams kind of defense look kind of suspect last week versus the Colts. I ain't gonna lie, a little bit. So I, I think the Bucks are too efficient and they're rolling on all cylinders right now. So yeah, Bucks to this one. Am I seeing this correctly? Are the Bucks a road favorite? Yeah. yeah. Sheesh. Crazy. Yeah. They I mean they were getting points, now they're giving them. So it's it's gonna be a, I, I look, that game's gonna be I think that's gonna be tight. I think it's gonna be a hot game. I really like the over in that game. I'm looking to see what the stars can do, what Matthew Stafford can do, Cooper Cup. I, I mean they're this is an offensive mind over in Sean McVay. And I got to tell you, when it comes to coaching, I think the Rams have all the edges on coaching. I think Tom Brady is a great neutralizer. But, you know, as Bruce Arians said last year, what was it, like week 12 last year, he's like, we found out that we should just shut the fuck up and listen to Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's – Good strategy. Yeah, twofold here. One, that means you're bringing nothing to the table, really. And two, you know, you're just like, hey, Tom. You got it. And, and and that's that's good. It's Tom fucking Brady. But, you know, you like your coaches to be able to bring something to the table and, and make everyone around them better, not just through uh, sheer fear, which is what Tom Brady does. And that's not bad. I just think it's going to be a tight game against coaching versus players. Uh, there are two primetime games uh, on the schedule on the way out. We have Green Bay versus San Francisco, which now that Green Bay has pulled themselves out of the fire that they started, which was a weird thing, uh, and they're going to go to San Francisco. This could be the beginning of San Francisco's struggles. Uh, they've had some easy opponents early on. I think Green Bay takes this game easily. Zell, your thoughts? I like Green Bay in this matchup, too. Um, I really think after that week one showing against the Saints and how the media was killing them, and they probably looked at themselves in the mirror like, yo, we need to tighten the fuck up. We saw that Monday night, um, and I know um, they've had some tough like battles back in the past, the past couple of seasons, Green Bay and San Francisco, but I just think that um, the Packers, of what they showed this past Monday, that's going to continue into this Sunday night's game. And then... Um, I, I don't I don't see the 49ers being able to keep up. Like they already their running back situation is already crazy. Elijah Mitchell's hurt. Trey Sermon's got a concussion. Hasty's got a high ankle sprain. Mostert, we already saw what happened to him. Um, but their defense, their front is pretty solid. Both is doing what he does, but I don't think they'll be able to keep up with uh Rodgers. I think they're they're gonna start to click now. So I'm I'm just rocking with the Packers for that one. Leo? The 49ers are off to a 2-0 start, and I just 10 minutes ago told you that if I had to pick a a third team to miss the playoffs from that list, I would pick the 49ers. And despite all that, I'm going to contradict myself and say that the 49ers get the Sunday night dub 
in oh, San Francisco. Oh my god, you are zigzagging <laughs> all over the place. Ain't no one coming. They're getting the dub. Jimmy G's throwing a couple of touchdowns. We are going to see Trey Lance this Sunday. We didn't see him last week, but we are going to see him this week. They're going to get him in there, do a little RPO in the red zone. They're going to get frisky. We're going to be looking at the TV like, oh shit, Debo Samuel has 130 yards again. San Francisco takes home the W. That's nuts. Okay. Uh, especially after you said they're the ones that I mean they're gonna go three and zero and not make the I don't know you you would that's be on how some I feel about there. the Packers you'd be on some shit I, there. I don't like the Packers I don't like what I'm seeing from there I didn't like what I saw on Monday night I don't care that Aaron Rodgers or uh, Aaron Jones had four touchdowns like yeah. it didn't look that great until it looked great mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I, yep. I'm just going with the 49ers they look like they're playing better football All right speaking of dog shit the Monday night football <laughs> game is too is, is <laughs> a, real, a real division that I cannot fucking stand that they put last Thursday. We get them. We get them again this fucking Monday. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are at home hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think Dallas, I'll be honest, I think Dallas dog walks them around the park over and over again. I think the Philly team was more smoke and mirrors week one. Week two, we seem kind of a shit fest with San Francisco. The, Jalen Hurts is not throwing the ball downfield at all. They really don't have those offensive weapons. They've started taking injuries to both the offensive and defensive lines, which were their absolute strengths. I don't see how they hold up against this Dallas team. Dallas has taken injuries as a wide receiver, though. We see Cooper and Gallup both out. Good news is you've got your running back one in Tony Pollard. You've got C.D. Lamb left. I think you can salvage something out of the tight end position, and it would be nice if Ezekiel Elliott's jumped out of that Salvation Army bell and, and maybe got on the field. Uh, I don't I, Like I said, I think Zeke's a bit of a bust. It's going to be a bit of a bust. Um, Tony Pollard's the best running back on that team, unequivocally, um, and I, but I think Dallas walks away with this one. Thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, I think their uh, O.C. Kellen Moore, he's been doing a good job of trying to get Pollard more involved. And when he's out yep. there, he looks hella explosive, man. That dude is yep. he's he's got some shit to him, man. So I think they're doing a good job of trying to spell Zeke more and get Pollard more involved. But I just think Dallas's offense, even with, you know, Cooper banged up a little bit and Gallup out, they're too explosive, man. And Philly, it's crazy because this last game versus the 49ers, they had like that 91 yard pass. I think it was to Quez Watkins or whoever it hurts through. And then they couldn't get in the end zone. Like you have Jalen Hurts, who's you know one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, and you have Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell back there, and you couldn't score like after that play. I don't, I don't get it. So I, I don't know what's going on there. I wasn't too impressed with you know um, as you had mentioned, Hurts throwing it. I do like him as a player, but I, I just I think Dallas's offense is too good, and low key their defense has actually been solid. Their secondary, Trevon Diggs back there, is playing pretty good. They put Michael Parsons at defensive end. And he was wrecking havoc all on the Chargers line this past game. So I, I, I just don't see how Philly can keep up, you know, offensively with this game. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys also. I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is another matchup that I really don't care about. But for <laughs> yeah. conversation's sake, uh, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I don't have anything spicy to add. You guys pretty much covered the whole thing. So I'm going to take us in a different direction. Matt, I finally this week watched the Matt and Eli broadcast of Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. I 100% understand what you meant when you said that if your team was playing, you would probably want to watch the traditional broadcast. But if you don't really care either way, that it was entertaining. And it was that. I mean, they had some guests that I thought were duds. You know, they did a lot of guest speakers on their thing. I kind of wanted it to be just them a little more. 
but Gronk hopped on. Did you did you watch? Did either of you watch oh, that yeah. broadcast this the week? The whole thing. I thought it was gold. I was uh yes. I was at the gym when the game was on, but I so I saw clips of it. I didn't get to like read, you know fully invest in it and watch it. But definitely this Monday, I will be tuned in because that's on ESPN two, right? Like they have it. Yeah. On the other, okay. Yeah, because I, I I could care less about the Cowboys or the fucking Eagles, so I'll definitely have that on instead of the actual um game. So I'll tune in. Exactly. So I'm sure you guys may have seen the clip on Twitter, and if you haven't, this is hilarious. So Gronk is is doing his thing. You know, he's got a little 15, 20-minute segment on the, the Peyton and Eli, and he starts talking about watching film. Have you got you guys see the clip of that? This man basically says that uh, who's the backup? Cameron Bray, the backup tight end over there in Tampa, asked Gronk, hey, Gronk, like, do you watch film? Like, when do you watch film? And Gronk goes, no, I don't fucking watch, I don't yeah. watch, watch oh, no I fucking film. I talk that. to Tom. <laughs> Tom tells, tells me what I need to do, and I go do that shit. Yeah. No, I don't watch Amazing. no film. Just crazy, Amazing. insane. The it's greatest crazy. tight end that we've ever seen does not watch film. Um, I think I think no question to that statement, hundred percent. Also, the Eli Eli and Peyton have no idea when commercials are coming up because they're like on a like a second delay, so it just blindsides them. I thought it was great. I thought they had good guests throughout. Um, uh, I, I think that they add a good amount of insight. They're funny. Uh, they rag on each other a bit. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes on. I thought Pat McAfee, when he joined, was a good addition. He talked a little bit about the spreads, um, and he added a bit of energy and excitement that I didn't think uh, we would we would get. Did, did you hear the story that uh, uh, Pat talked about uh, on in the roulette table? No, I didn't hear that. One. No, I think I missed that one. You know, oh when Pat my. McAfee was on, I kind of thought that he was on coke. I don't know if that was like if that's his thing all the time. <laughs> yeah, like if he's always energy. super high energy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, energetic. I felt like he was definitely doing some lines on the commercial break. He he is, he is that guy's got a fucking high high energetic motor. His shows like that. I'm not a huge fan of him. I just think he's all over the place. But that's kind of who he is. Uh, he talked about how. Um, every year, Peyton Manning took all the rookies and new players and some of the older players on a golf trip. Now, there's a side story he didn't get into, but it's been well documented that Peyton Manning used to do this to condition everyone to listen to exactly what he said. And if you weren't going to do that, you know, you were going to have problems. And this would be you're going on this golf trip. You're staying here. We're golfing here. We're golfing there. You keep the timelines on you. He keeps it running up. You're like, this is Peyton Manning. I don't want to let him down. So he conditions you early on. He rents out part of a casino for some of the Colts players and some other people. And, uh, you know, at the time, McAfee's just some nobody punter. He actually told the story that he, he didn't come in to kick punts. He came in as a field goal kicker. He had never punted before, and he picked that skill up. Uh, but Peyton Manning basically walks by the crap table that uh, you know a bunch of people are standing around, and McAfee's standing around, and he looks over and he goes, he's like, hey, Pat, how about that red 18? And then he walks out of the room. Like, that's it. Peyton Manning walks up. So Pat McAfee's this know-nothing guy, you know, rookie standing there at the crap table. Everyone at the crap table is like, who the shit did Peyton Manning? You know, everyone knows fucking Peyton Manning. He's like, who the shit did Peyton Manning just talk to? He goes, hey, Pat, how about that red 18? Everyone at the table is like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Everyone puts all their fucking money on red 18. Red 18. They spin the wheel. Red 18. Whole place goes fucking nuts. And they're like, oh, my God, Peyton Manning's God. Just walks by the roulette <laughs> team. How about Red 18? They all listen to him, and it somehow fucking hits. You want to talk about being the right place, right time, right man, right call. 
holy shit. It was a really cool story to hear. Uh, it was also kind of interesting hearing Peyton kind of like walk through a casino because, you know, they kind of make Peyton out to be like this, like uh, this saint. Uh, when in reality, he's renting out half a casino for him and his boys to just be fucking animals. So I thought it was a good story. Hey, how about that red 18? And they all put it on it and they all hit. So, it, you know, th- th- I think that broadcast got a lot of juice to it. A lot of juice. So. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if in future seasons, if they're going to try to make that the main broadcast, maybe not the way that they have it set up right now, Yeah, mm-hmm. but you got to try to get Peyton and Eli in the booth one time, one time a year or something. They, they're they going to do something. Yeah, they got to. It's it's tough to listen to them if your team's on. If you Like when the Ravens were playing, I didn't watch their broadcast because I turned to it first. It's not a play-by-play. So you 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 like they're talking over the game and you're like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up I'm just trying to like watch the game like because you, you're half listening to them but you're trying to watch your team and you're like ah shit and they'll they'll do times where they'll like replay a down or something and you're not up to speed on everything that's going on in the game so you feel left out so I think it's an alternative for people who are like if you're not into this game you know this game isn't fucking knocking you dead well there's this other option you can go just be entertained and I think it's a great I think it's a great one too uh you can hold viewers in longer because you're like oh i'm listening to peyton manny and eli but I-, I think it's got some juice all right let's uh let's take a trip around the room here and see if there's anything else we didn't cover zell you got anything for us uh nah this is, might be a little off topic but shout out to nba training camp starting next week i know we'll be uh big time about that uh soon but yeah that's that's really it looking forward to that best time of the year for sports coming up oh yeah it's about to get hot leo if the Titans lose to Jacob Eason, there's not going to be a pick and play show anymore because I'll be dead. Yeah. That, that's oh, just what I want to throw out there. Oh, uh, desperate man. times. They're a desperate team. We'll see what happens. All right. Take us out. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of the pick and play show for the boy Zell and for the boy Gordo. My name is Leo. As usual, make sure to rate, subscribe, review. Most importantly, make sure you're sharing us with a friend. We see the growth. We love the growth. We want to continue the growth. So if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. Apologize for the recycled intro music this week. Garage Man's being a dickhead. So you guys are getting more Mac Miller. Until next week, be easy. Watching Dawson's Creek till I fall asleep. It's harder than it seems. I'm underwater in my dreams. I'm in all this jigsaw puzzles, not complete. I'm just an idea, nothing concrete. Came to raise limits, get higher than plane engines. They trying to change what has become to the same difference.